my, about myself for an hour is like exhausting. So if, if it's a two way thing, it's more comfortable. If not, I'm fine. You, 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 fi- you lead off. You'll be okay. Most people, when they're done with this say that was really fun. It went by really quick. Yeah. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Just a normal conversation. Just like we were talking the other day. For sure. I mean, Oh yeah, roll yeah. through that. Um, I saw it up there. Yeah. So yeah. when do you want us to count that? What that means? Um, probably. Hey, and welcome back to the local six three six podcast. I'm here with Chris Hanstein of Rec Hall. Today we're going to talk about his story. We're going to talk about Rec Hall. It's an awesome venue in St. Charles. If you haven't been there. Uh, you need to check it out, and we'll talk a lot about that today. We're also going to talk about our Make a Scene event that we've got coming up on Friday the 13th in October. All that and more coming your way on the Local 636 podcast. Welcome. Thank you. You had trouble finding the place. Cottleville, it's not, it's not in your favorites on your maps. <laughs> it's not a, I'm not a regular here. The downtown looks kind of nice, though. It's awesome. Have you never yeah. been out here or anything? I haven't. I've been, we, we get around yeah, quite a that's bit. That's okay. But I haven't, yeah. So well, You live in St. Louis County. We do. Yeah. Uh, we just moved there a year ago. We were in the city before that. So we were there for, we were in the city for seven years. And then prior to that, we've, you know, we've moved around all over the place. Well, welcome. Thank um, you. There's a ton of cool stuff out here. As you saw, it's, it's uh, obviously like the main drag, but yeah, there's all kinds of other stuff in here and totally walkable. No, oh, yeah. Um, I have two little kids. Uh, so we, we love exploring. There's ice cream places. It's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So much ice cream in St. Charles. Is it is like that where you, is there... No. I feel like there's like 10 ice cream places I can name just right off the top of my head. No, no, no. There's Jenny's and maybe one or two others. Okay. <laughs> How's Jenny's? You, you don't know? Uh-uh. That's great. You got to go to the West End. We're, we're like, you know, it's like two different worlds here, right? I mean. What is it? 170, either east or west. And then. Well, it's the river, I think, is really. River? Is what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can see. That's, yeah. That's, that's the buffer. Yeah. yeah. Chris, uh, not from St. Louis originally, but you've sure. got some great businesses um, in St. Louis and in St. Charles, and I wanted to talk about that, but. Thank you. Tell me a little bit about your story. I know that you're from Detroit. We talked about the Lions. Correct. You're yeah. excited for this year? I am. I don't know if, uh, well, I guess Kansas City's a little bit further away, but man, it was a big win. And as a Lions fan, and uh, 60, 70 years of no wins, this is a big year. Yeah. Big year. And Goff didn't tear his Achilles on the first play, so. <laughs> for sure. My God, that was awful. Yeah, it's going to be a tough year for them. All the hype, all the buildup, because the Lions have a ton of hype this year oh yeah i mean hard knocks two years ago yeah so people are kind of familiar with the players the end of the season last year pretty strong at least the last half yeah knocked green bay out of the playoffs Uh, it's gonna be a good year i'm excited i kind of regret not being in detroit for the first time in a long time but no will you go to any games you think no that's too far away i mean it's an eight hour drive or two hour flights i'm I'm too busy i got too much stuff have i told you and i can save it it's not really probably of much interest to our audience but have i told you my detroit super bowl story no. Okay. Oh, did you go to the Super Bowl when it was? Uh, sort of. I'll tell it. It's a short story. Sure. Let's hear. Right after college, I worked for these two entrepreneurs, and um, one of the guys is a huge Steelers fan. So obviously, they played in Super Bowl Forty against Seattle, um, and you know, throughout the playoffs, he was like, "Listen, if Pittsburgh makes it to the Super Bowl, we're going to go." We we're a small office, like four or five people. They were in mortgage banking, so they had, you know, they could cover yep. it, right? Um, I was just a young kid, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but it sounds awesome. Bowl, yeah. Well, so, you know, the way the playoffs and the Super Bowl work, we didn't know until two weeks before sure. Pittsburgh is going to be in the Super Bowl. So then they start trying to make all these things happen. Um, 
of course there are no hotel rooms in Detroit two weeks before the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, and so we end up getting a hotel room in Toledo, Ohio, <laughs> which is like 45 or 50 yeah. minutes away from Detroit. So we're like, whatever, we'll make it work. We'll just like, we'll go downtown on Sunday and, yeah. and we'll hang out and we'll watch the game. So it was funny flying out there. We had to fly to, to, we stopped in Detroit to fly to Toledo that there was a lot of bizarre things that happened. So anyway, we find this place, this bar called Frickers. It's attached to the Toledo Mud Hen Stadium. Okay. And we kind of make that like our home bar. Like we're just kind of hanging out there. So Sunday comes, you know, we're like, we're going to go downtown. We drive downtown. We got a, a Uber didn't exist, but we got like a car service. Sure. Um, we go downtown. We're looking for places to watch the game. Of course, like, no, there's not a place that has any room, any capacity. We're walking all over the city, all over downtown. It's freezing, sure. right? Um, the two bosses are trying to, like, buy scalp tickets or get into the game somehow. There's all kinds of yahoos downtown saying, well, I got this. You can get on the field, you know, <laughs> right. but it was probably for, like, the halftime show or something. Um, we go to the casino. There's no room in the casino. There's no nothing anywhere. Finally, it was, like, 5 o'clock. And I remember piping up and going, guys, we have to go back to Toledo. Like, we're going to miss the game. And so at 5 o'clock on Super Bowl Sunday in Detroit, we got a car service and we went back to Toledo and watched the Super Bowl at Frickers. (laughs) That's great. On TV. You still remember the name of the bar, right? (laughs) I have a glass from it and it's my favorite. That's my thing is I get a pint glass. Like, if we go on a trip, I get a pint glass from a brewery or restaurant. And so I I have the pint glass from there. Um, And it was just like, yeah, we went to Detroit to watch the Super Bowl at Frickers in Toledo. That's awesome. Um, that, I was down in Detroit. I don't remember what we did, but I remember meeting Nick Lachey, of all people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Was Jess with him? I, I don't remember. I was. I feel like you'd remember that. Yeah, probably. I just remember thinking, why is Nick Lachey in Detroit <laughs> for the Super Bowl? And yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That was, God, that was almost 20 years ago, right? 2004? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, it was five, six, or seven I graduated college in four, so it was, yeah, but yeah, it was somewhere around there. Oh man! So get me from Detroit to St. Louis. I know there's a lot of stuff in between there. Sure. So I'll give you the quick, thirty second spiel. So uh, Detroit, was born and raised. I went to college in Flint, Michigan. From Flint, I worked for Detroit and General or for Ford and General Motors for a few years. Just whatever entry level engineering type jobs. Uh, it's okay. Is that what you went to school for? I did. Okay. Engineering undergrad makes sense with the what I know. Yeah. Well, no, with the des- the games design that we'll oh, talk about. But yes, for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, you know, somehow it's just, all the experiences I've had. A lot of weird experiences, different industries, different roles, different responsibilities. Somehow they've all really helped me to yeah. this point. You know, and I don't know yeah. how to explain it, but it's just kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah. But, um, anyways, Detroit engineer uh, Flint. 25, I, I got accepted to MIT as a, in Boston. So I went back to school. I spent To go for like an advanced degree? Yep, for okay. a master's in engineering. That's like a pretty big deal, right? MIT? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You're hey, humble. You know, it's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And, and my wife always reminds me, when I graduated, it was only a nine-month program. I went, I got a master's degree. It was great. Um, on graduation day, I was like all right, like, let's get this over with. Like, what do you want to do later? And she's like, this is kind of a big deal. You should probably like, just take it in for a second. I'm like, I'm good. I'm on to what's next. (laughs) And I think that's like the perfect, like 
that's how I am. Like, that's you in a nutshell. Just yeah. recess opens up. Like, what's next? It. Yeah, and not that I don't enjoy things and and sit back and relax, but I just I like the challenge. I like overcoming things. And then once it's done, I'm like, I need something else. Yeah. Kind of thing, so. Did you did you guys move to Boston or did just you move? So yeah, I was uh, 25 years old. Because we know online classes weren't like that much of a thing. No, then, they weren't. Right? Yeah. 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 So we, uh, you know. I, I had a house. I sold my house, and I I packed up a couple of suitcases, and I drove out to Boston, and I lived there for about a year, and that's actually where I met my wife. She was oh, working. she was there. She was there. Gotcha. She went to BU. She stayed after. She was actually working at MIT when I met her, and then um, yeah, it's a long story, but she stayed there for a couple of years. I from there, I went to Peoria, Illinois. I worked for Caterpillar. Uh, I spent about six months in Peoria. Then I traveled all over the U.S., kind of on and off for got a good two years. Then I moved to Chicago for nine months, back to Peoria for six months. I moved to Little Rock, Arkansas for six months. Wow. Back to Peoria for about a year. I know you married at this time? We were married. But uh, she's she's with you and traveling with you? Yeah, I think after the Chicago. She's trip. like, I'm not going back to Peoria. Yeah, well, <laughs> she, she was in Boston. And then right, it was like three weeks before uh, Lehman Brothers went bankrupt in 2008, 2009. And she's like, you know what? Let, I'll just move to Peoria. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll find a job. We'll figure oh. something out. And it was three weeks before basically the start of the biggest recession yeah. in, in you know, a long time. So I wonder how common Boston to Peoria, how common <laughs> that move is. That how, U-Haul? How uh, that goes over. I don't think it's a common route. Uh, she moved there. It was okay. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Chicago going back and forth. Sure. And uh, it is fine. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh but from that last Peoria trip, 2000, I think it was 2010, maybe 2011, I can't remember. Must have been 2011. I had the opportunity to move to China, so I spent, um, we moved to Shanghai. We weren't married. We were engaged at the time. We got married six weeks before we left. It was kind of a shotgun wedding. I was going to ask, was that? No, yeah, so we were, you know. You were like, we just need to be married. It's yeah. going to be easier. I mean, I'm sure you were. No, in love we, and stuff, but yeah. <laughs> but it was like we need to do this before we go. Yeah, we uh, we had been engaged for two years, and I don't know, I, neither of us really felt like planning a wedding, so we just hung out and we were engaged, and it was fun. She had a ring, and <laughs> we were happy. It didn't matter, right? What's the next thing? Yeah, so <laughs> exactly. She's like so, a wedding. Yeah, I she was never really motivated, no. so you know, we found out probably in like July. They said, "Hey, do you want to go to Chicago or to Shanghai?" and uh, I was on the fence. I didn't really know because, I don't know, it's a big deal, right? Yeah. Uh, but I in the end, I figured, hey, f- what's the worst that happens? We don't like it, and we say, I quit. I'm yeah. moving home. Who cares, yeah. right? Uh, so we did it. But uh, when we decided to go, the company that I moved with was like, hey, look, there's no such thing as a trailing girlfriend. There's a trailing spouse, or she's got to move there herself, which isn't easy in China. So... We got married. We rented a boat. We invited twenty of our closest friends, and we got married underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, cool! So it was cool. We we rented the boat for three hours. We drove all all around the harbor and East River and stuff like that. We got married, and then uh, we just. Now I've never party. been to New York, but isn't the East River like polluted and yeah. stinky? <laughs> we were like swimming <laughs> in it. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> The whole experience. You can't smell the, the pictures, so it's, a, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> exactly. Statue of Liberty looked nice. And um, yeah, it's great. We had, you know, it was kind of a shotgun wedding. And yeah. in hindsight, like 
I look at a lot of the other weddings we've been to, and I think ours is, I'm, I'm super happy with ours. We, That's a cool story, a cool yeah. experience. There's yeah. 30 people there. We got to talk to people. It wasn't like, all right, good, thanks for coming, yeah. see you later, and move on to the next one. Yeah. And it's very casual. I don't even know if I wore a suit. And, uh, you know, the, in the end, the whole thing, our flights, we rented a hotel, we rented a limo, we rented a boat. It probably cost us 10 grand. Yeah. Which half or a third of most weddings, yeah. probably. Don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money. But, sure. it, it, you know, it was... Yeah. It's a good story. Yeah, very <laughs> so, cool. Um, so anyways, we got married uh, August and then... Just August what? I've got an August anniversary. 13th? Um, second. Second? Yeah, I yes. think it just depends what year. When? What year did you get married? Eight. Oh, eight. Oh, eight. So we got married in 11. So you know, that's Saturday, whenever that falls. Yeah, there. yeah, correct. Um, anyway, December 1st, we landed in Shanghai. Wow. No idea what we were doing. And we had, for some reason, we had to go that year. Tax purposes, I can't remember. We had to leave before Christmas, more yeah. or less. Um, so we landed. We didn't know anybody. We didn't know anything. We had a great apartment. We had a beautiful place to live in a great part of the city of Shanghai. And if you haven't been there, you know, every it's very political with China. When we moved, it wasn't that political. It was just it was a growing economy, and, and it worked well. So we had an incredible time there. We met lots of great people. I uh, still have great relationships with a lot of people I worked with over there. And it, it was a cool, we had, it was an incredible experience. Um, and you traveled around a lot in Asia and Europe too, right? Uh, or little, not so much Europe? A little bit in Europe. Uh, Europe was a little bit earlier in college. But um, yeah, we traveled. So my job was managing a big part of Asia Pacific, the growth and, and building new buildings and things like that for Caterpillar. So uh you know, I think in the end, I probably traveled 800,000 miles in wow. uh, four years. At one point, there was a f- three-day stretch that I was on four continents. Oh, cool. And uh, Asia, Australia, Europe. We went from Italy to New York. My wife stayed there. I went to New York, Chicago. I spent the night. Chicago, Shanghai, spent the night. And the next morning, I got up. I flew to Melbourne. And then from Melbourne, I went to Tasmania. When I woke up, we landed at like 11 o'clock at night. And I remember just being like totally disheveled. I woke sure. up in the morning and I looked outside. I was in a motel because it's Tasmania. There's no hotels. Okay. You know, it's like a exterior entrance kind yeah. of thing with a little balcony built in the 60s. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I can swear on it, but it's like, where the yeah. fuck am I? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. It was a genuine like 30 second like, oh, yeah, I remember where I am now. So, yeah, Europe, you are Europe. Europe, North America, Asia, and Australia. That's crazy. Uh, and how, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how did you get back here? Did you leave that job or uh, so just ready to be back in America? A couple things. My yeah, my oldest daughter, uh, she was born there. Pollution was kind of bad. She was born in, in China? China? Yeah. So does she have, like, dual citizenship? That's uh, not allowed, according to Chinese okay. law. But uh, Like anywhere else in the world she would have it, right? If she were born in France or something? Yeah, or? I think so. So my wife's actually, her parents are German, so she has the whole bloodline and she has a, a European passport. I think had we been born there, she would have had dual citizenship, but um, not in China. Huh. It's, They're strict it, about the number of kids. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was a great opportunity. We had a lot of fun. We met a lot of great people. But, um, you know, ultimately, got to keep going, right? You yeah. Do the same thing. What's so next? We, uh, with, with Caterpillar, we had the opportunity to move back to the U.S. We moved to Minneapolis for six months. We got there in August, and we stayed till March. 
But that whole thing, uh, you know, I'd been there 10 years. I wasn't really happy at that point. And a um, good friend of mine was uh, with Anheuser-Busch, and he made the introduction. And, uh, you know, it was potential we were going to stay in China. That didn't work out. There was maybe opportunity in New York. That didn't work out. My wife's from New York, by the way, in Queens. So going back to New York for her would have been a great opportunity and made her really happy. Uh, but ultimately, it didn't work out, and they offered me a job in St. Louis. So, um yeah. So AB brought you to St. Louis. Yes. Just sorry, it's a long winded way. Uh, no, it's okay. That, yeah. No, it's I imagine that's a pretty common story. Yeah, I would it, think so. Is um you know, it's a I guess what I've seen in St. Louis is that it's a great city. There's so much stuff here. There's sure. great food, there's great entertainment, there's you know, and it's like that whole big city vibe, but at the same time it takes fifteen minutes to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So much stuff is free or very affordable and I, I don't know. Like when you're first always like three people away from knowing yes. everyone too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you walked in here and you're like, "Oh, Manny, I know Manny." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's, <laughs> and I had no idea he was going to be here. So, yeah. uh, I think you know, it was the perfect place to try something like recess or rec hall yeah. or, or you know the armory, um, and you know, the city's been affordable or the city's been super supportive, both from you know guests but also from I, you know, I, I knew nobody. I knew not, I didn't have yeah. a lawyer, I didn't have an accountant, I didn't have a marketing person. And, man, it just, you ask somebody for help and they recommend four other people to talk to. And it just, it you know, that networking thing yeah. is, is it's extremely powerful here. So yeah. we, you know, I thought, to be honest, we had moved 15 times in 10 years when we landed here. And I said, oh, what? is that a real number? Yeah. I mean, Oof. some we moved four times in Shanghai. We moved new apartments every year. We, uh twice in Minneapolis who moved three times in St. Louis. Is that a, like in Shanghai, is that like a, Hey, let's live here. Like we're over here. Let's just live in this part of the city to see what it is. Kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah. It's just you two. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we had a beautiful apartment. We could go anywhere, do anything. Yeah. A great allowance uh, for, for housing. So we could live anywhere in the city that we wanted to like anywhere. Yeah. And just kept moving because yeah. we were like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. And then, you know, it costs 200 bucks to have three Chinese guys show up and pack all your stuff up. So <laughs> I was like, no problem. Here you go. And, and it was, uh, it was just such a great experience that we got to see the whole city. Yeah. We, we traveled all over China, went to Korea, Indonesia, went to Australia three times. I mean, we, we were all over. It was great. That's awesome. Great experience. Yeah. Let's take a quick break just to tell you uh, to check out all the local 636 socials. Go ahead and smash that subscribe uh, button and notification bell at the bottom there. That way you're going to get the most up-to-date content and notified when the newest stuff comes out. Uh, As far as Local 636, we've got a ton of stuff going on. The best way to follow us is going to be on our Instagram or on our Facebook. And if you just search Local 636 in either one of those things, um, you will find us. We'll give you the Rec Hall socials here too. Do you know the Rec Hall socials? I do. Let's go ahead and plug those. It is uh, Rec Hall, R-E-C-H-A-L-L-S-T-L. And that's Facebook, Insta? Yeah, I think Facebook and Insta are two primary. We might have a Twitter X. Um, I think we have TikTok, Are we saying Twitter X, or what are we calling it? I don't know. What do you call it? What do we call it? I'm not on it. I don't know. I'm not either. Yeah, I I just see the X now. I think X is good. It's just called X? Yes. Yeah. Maybe. That's fine. There's no bird anymore, though. Yeah. The bird is dead. The bird's dead. (laughs) Elon killed the bird. That's right. People are outraged. Um, is St. Louis home now? Yes. So we live we live in the county. We just moved there 
kids, schools, all that stuff. Sure. So we're, uh, we moved out of the city, unfortunately. We were in Central West End for mm-hmm. probably seven years. Love the area. We love the city. We still spend a lot of time in the city. We just needed something a little bit more. You've had jobs that have moved you all around. Yep. And now you don't have a job per se. You're now a business owner. Yeah. So that makes it, I mean, that's get your roots a little deeper. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was, you know, I said when we moved to St. Louis, I didn't know anything about it. I moved in March, which from my perspective is probably the worst time of the year. You've missed Christmas. All the holidays are past. Yeah. It's sometimes still, really cold. Yeah. It's yeah. still dark and there's no leaves on the trees. And I, I remember getting here and being like, God, I just can't wait for my tears to be up. I'm so out of here. I can't okay, wait. Okay. You have like a contract. Uh, yeah, I did okay. with, with AB. So, but it was two years and um, I don't know. My wife was like, hey, look. Every city's got something. We could find something here. Yeah. And then, you know, we had an 18-month-old daughter at the time, and all of a sudden she's meeting people, and, and you know, she's like, oh, I went to the zoo today. It was free. And I'm like, oh, the zoo's free? That's cool. Yeah. And then, I don't know, you know how it is, right? You start meeting people, you start making friends, and then the kids in school. You have kids, right? I do have kids, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now all of a sudden you're those roots, and you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I can move. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, God, we have so much stuff now. I don't know if oh, I want to move. It sounds, yeah. Yeah. It's not $200 and a couple of no. Chinese guys anymore. No. It's a lot more and a lot more people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Probably not Chinese. I don't know well, what either. that's worth. Um, <laughs> so then we started, uh, I was with AB after about two years. I was like, I need to get out of here. I need to do something different. Get out of just working there, get out of St. Louis. Uh, no, it was really just AB. And to yeah. be honest, at that point, um, liked the city we started making a lot of friends and we started being really happy here and kind of just really appreciate the fact that it's affordable it's great food you have plenty of sports you have there's nothing you don't have the only thing sports but you're just watching you're watching the i mean well actually no so the we're we're not in conference for anything anymore right yeah red wings and the blues were in the same conference for a while but yeah you're still a Red Wings fan, I assume. Red Wings, Lions, Tigers, and all. No, I've adopted the St. Louis uh, teams, especially. Have Red. you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, How I'm, do you feel about the 06 World Series? <laughs> or the Stanley Cup? When it was the Stanley Cup when the Red Wings beat the. Uh, uh, that not. I don't think they played in the in the Cup Finals. Maybe it was in the uh, conference. It, definitely finals. a lot of conference finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a uh, three overtime. Steve Eiserman's great. Mm, yeah. That was the that was the quarters, I think. Was it? Yeah, it was when Gretzky turned the puck over. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Eiserman blasted the shot over John Casey's shoulder. Yes, man, I haven't. Grant Fuhr had been injured. <laughs> I haven't heard those names in a long time. Yeah, sorry, it's still no. It's I good. mean, 2019 erased it, thank God. But yeah. I mean, that was a that's like a core memory of like I remember sitting on my couch, going like we're going to beat the Red Wings. Sure. Like we're going to finally beat the Red Wings. We're going to go to the finals. And then Gretzky's, he turned, which it's Wayne Gretzky. You can't be mad at him, but he turns the puck over. Eisenman and takes a slap shot and you're just like, Oh, how we're, did that we're done? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. So uh, I was born and raised. I played hockey my whole life. So hockey okay. and the Red Wings for me were like, and, and, and so I graduated high school in 99 and was it, you know, 96, 97, 98, like they were oh, really yeah. getting good. Oh, and yeah, you know, I was a hockey player. I knew every player. I used to go to the games all the time. It was just such a cool experience. So, yeah, even though, you know, maybe the Tigers didn't fare so well against the Cardinals, uh, we made up for it at the Red Wings. Which we did. Was, was Have you seen the um, – I forget what it's called, but it's like an E60 documentary. It's like two and a half hours long about the 
uh, Red Wings and Avalanche. Oh, yeah. Kind of that battle. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Richie and um, Chris Draper yeah. are in the bar. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. yeah. I think, man, that, I don't know. The, even some of those guys, like Darren McCarty, still around Detroit. and McCarty is who it was. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Draper won't talk to. Um, I understand. Uh, not Mike Richie. Well, Lemieux. Um, Lemieux. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, understandably. Right? Sure. Smashed his face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, that was a great rivalry. It's it was uh, fun. Yeah. And it was fun as a, just a hockey fan, not, sure. not having a – I was a closet Avalanche fan. Yeah, um, I get it. Peter Forsberg. Sure. I don't Incredible. know why, but I, I watched him score the game-winning goal in the Olympics oh, yeah. against Canada. I, again, I, for I some just reason that ca- spoke to you, huh? It did. They made a postage stamp of it, and I have it in Sweden. Okay. They made a postage stamp of him scoring that goal. Corey Hirsch was a goalie who would play in the NHL. Paul Correa had a shot after Forsberg didn't score on. I think it was Tommy Salo. Wow, but tons of yeah, I know. I'm impressed. Nothing good in here. All just <laughs> random '90s hockey trivia. Sure. Tons of stars on. I mean, tons of future NHLers on both of those teams, yeah. Canada and Sweden. But yeah, I was. I was. Um, I was a huge Peter Forsberg fan. My first email address was like Forsbergfan21. And I'm in a chat room at age, you know, 17 or 16. And some guy's like, I have a stamp. I'm lucky I didn't get, you know, whatever. But he actually sent me the stamp. And wow. He sent me the stamp. Yeah. That's when so the I internet have that. still somewhat pure, huh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I love that rivalry, man. I loved it. Uh, yeah. It was fun to watch. So they're great players on both sides, from Patrick Wall and Joe Sackick and Forsberg. To- oh my God, Eiserman, the 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 um, what do they call that line? The Wizard of Obs, the, the Fedorov, Kozlov, Konstantinov, Russian Larionov. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great line. You had yeah, Osgood and Vernon, Vernon, and then Hasek was there. It, it was oh, yeah, God. it's yeah. Uh, Chris Chelios would play for him. Yeah. All coffee. Oh yeah, great teams. On and on, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate the Red Wings, but you have to. I mean, yeah. you have to respect it. Yeah, I mean, living and growing up in Detroit at that time, we couldn't have been a better time. Yeah, you know. So when did they win? Uh, oh, and then obviously you had Brett Hall, and they won the yeah. Cup in two thousand with him. Yeah, I don't remember all the years, um, but yeah, for sure he was part of him and Shanahan were like the Shanahan. two. Yeah, oh, he was a Blues too, right? Yeah. He was a Blues player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so you're in St. Louis, you're working for AB, your two years is up. Yep. And you're just like, I'm done? I'm just not going to have a job? Or No, I stuck it out, you know, in the corporate world. Uh, you know, I have a degree, obviously, from MIT. That goes a long way. If I say, <laughs> hey, I'm looking for a job, I, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I could find a job fairly easily. So yeah. um, I didn't really want to move, to be honest. I was shocked. You know, two years ago, had you asked me if that came up, I'd have been like, let's get out of here. But at yeah. that point... You know, I had a three-year-old. I think my wife was pregnant. I can't remember if she was pregnant or we already had our second. But, um, you know, moving to two kids, let alone one, is, yeah. is hard and not knowing where you're going and starting over. So I wanted to stay, and uh, an opportunity came up with a, a different company. It was called Keefe Commissary. It's, it's, this is what I love about St. Louis. There are so many companies with, Hundred million, a billion dollars in revenue that you've just never heard of. Yeah, I've never heard of Keith. Yeah, marijuana related. No, okay. It was. Uh, they are the largest. It's good guess, right? <laughs> uh, like someone's last name, I guess. You know, I don't know what the origin is. Uh, they were. Uh, 
It's a marijuana infuser. You just didn't know it. Right. <laughs> Why are all these people always happy around here? Everybody's they, so laid back. And I guess somewhat tangentially related, they were at the largest prison commissary supply company. In the uh, okay. Okay. I don't know, I th- maybe we talked about that. I think you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and... You know, it's very controversial business, but they had an opportunity to come up. It was a pretty senior. It's controversial because the state's paying for it? Uh, or no, why, why is it controversial? If anybody from Keefe listens to this, they're, gonna be they're <laughs> not. They're not listening. Uh, no, it's fine. They're great people there. I really I have good connections with them still. But, um, you know, they just they make some money. They make money off inmates, more or less, right, who have no other place to get money. So, yeah, I, but they have to eat. Yeah, for sure. And uh, look, I think at the end of the day, the Keefe Group, they're good people, and they're trying to provide a good service to people who are incarcerated. And uh, I think it's just controversial because people want to make controversy. And, and yeah, I think that's a big part of it. I yeah. think you know everybody wants everyone to do it for free, but the truth is it's a business. And sure. you know, I know, with not profit, nobody's interested in doing it. So yeah. um, it's just controversial. But at the end of the day, it's a great company, and uh, there's good people there. And uh, they do do a lot for inmates. They they do a lot for St. Louis, and um, it's a good company. So yeah. I had an opportunity to go there. It was a pretty senior role, and uh, I showed up. And probably a month after I got there, I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> same thing again. I hate this." <laughs> so this is. I think I started it in October, you know, and it was the holidays, and I'm like, "God, what am I doing? I just I'm not happy. Like this is not at all how I expect." Yeah, it's 36, 37. Had you always, have you, had you felt like that previously, like working for someone? And it's not, it's not a slide at like any of the companies. No, yeah. Right? Like you can ha- work for a great company, but just not be happy. Maybe it's a boss or a supervisor, or maybe it's just that you don't, you just can't work for people. Uh, you know what I think it is? Um, I like to work for people who I can learn from and who teach me stuff and show me things I don't know, right? Like I genuinely have a lot of respect for that. Uh, the thing I think I've missed, I, I came from like a very blue collar background, right? So, you know, instilled in me was like, go to college, get a good job, do the safe thing, right? Like, yeah. and in, in 40 years you can retire. And, and that was like so ingrained in like my personality uh-huh. that I would do that. And then I'd be like, why did I do this again? <laughs> so I don't know. It was like, I had this like. Uh, not to get like too deep, but it's like I had this like fight Let's between like what yeah. should I do? Yeah, uh, but I just keep doing the same thing. I think what I really wanted was to go to a company that was growing and be a part of something that was cool with like young people and like you know, and that's what Keefe was at one time. They went from like three or four million dollars a year in revenue in the eighties to like seven hundred million dollars when I was there. Or wow, billion! I can't remember what the yeah. number is, but. It was huge, right? And, like, you talked to all the guys who had been there 30 years, and it was like they were hanging out with their buddy. They just show up to work every mm-hmm. day and be like, hey, man, what's up? Mm-hmm. Want to go lunch? You know, I, I never had that. I never had, like, a place that was, like, you know, everything's just going so well. You're like, man, this is awesome. Nothing can go wrong. And yeah. I, I think with growth and with a good industry, we're like, look, I really liked the culture at AB. I liked the people there. Uh I just didn't like the fact that they were shrinking. Like they were, you know, under the Bush family, they were growing, growing, growing. And then the Brazilians came and it was like, just figure out how to cut costs every year. And 
you know, when you're shrinking, it's not fun because it's just like, oh, who's going to get fired next? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, that's that's what are the, they going to take away today? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It was just, I don't know. After 15, 16 years, I was like, what? Why do I keep doing this to myself? Right? Yeah. I had plenty of times opportunities to go to Apple or to go to Amazon, and this was in the early two thousands. Like, how cool would it to be? Oh yeah, it would have been incredible. So, yeah. I don't know. I just get a good job and retire in 40 years is so ingrained in my like mindset that I was like, so uh, what pushed you? So we, we know that rec hall was first and rec hall was first. Like that's re- the recess. Yeah. Recess. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Recess was first. So what pushed you to do that? Like, you know, you're at work and you're just like, I just have to do something different. That was part of it. I had a neighbor who, um, when we moved to the central West end, we moved into a house. We lived next door to each other. And, uh, he, He's a great holster. Uh, I'll have to introduce you. Maybe we'll go to lunch one time. Okay. He's he's a Dutch guy. He's got this whole story about how he moved to the U.S. And he's like, well, what am I going to do? And he was, Did I hear a story about him last time uh, we talked? Maybe. Is this the same neighbor? Yes, probably. Okay. I only have one neighbor who's <laughs> Dutch. <laughs> okay. was like, but he, he's got this great story about how he, um, he moved to St. Louis and met his wife in like South America in high school. And then they went to college and they kept in touch and they moved here and they got married and all this. He's like, what do I do? So he was employee number three of this like company that was based in Clayton and he was their sales guy and he grew it to like $50 million a year in revenue and they sold it. And then he didn't have equity. So you know, ah, he's just out of a job. More he had an opportunity to go somewhere else. And if you got to know him, he was not, he was, he's not the kind of person who will work for somebody and follow the rules at a big fortune 500 company. Yeah. So that didn't work out, but I would come home from maybe at five thirty, six o'clock every day after leaving at, you know, six, seven in the morning. Yeah. And he'd be like, Hey, I've been playing with your kids for three hours. Like what? Why don't you get home? <laughs> and so European of him. Yes. Yeah. But it was great. He, he's very entrepreneurial and every day I'd come home, you know, I'd go inside and get a beer I come outside, I give him a beer, and I'm like, how was your day? And he's like, it was great. Uh, you know, I fucked around for four hours, and I made two phone calls, and I just signed this $10,000 a month contract. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's like, then I came home and played with your kids and my kids. <laughs> so uh, it was great. We still, he's a great friend of mine, probably one of my best friends in St. Louis, but um, he was the motivator. He's like, just do something. He's like, it doesn't matter what it just do something. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? How do, it's just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you know, it would like just do something is not when you've got the, I mean, it seems like you're a little bit different than most, but you've got like the engineer brain of like kind of what you said, like get yep. a job and work there for 40 years. And that's a very, like the engineers that I've worked with in my insurance business, it's very, um, it's very, has to make sense it's down to the number yeah. they've got to see all the options and evaluate and they're going to go with the safest best option right so for you to be saying like just do something yeah that doesn't make sense to no. you i wouldn't think no no i had very look I'm, i've always been very entrepreneurial when i was in high school i used to work at this kitchen cabinet shop and then people would like hey can you put a kitchen in my house and i'd be like sure no problem and i i made i was making a ton of money in high school <laughs> that yeah, I just learned how to do that. It was the right place, right time. And huh. That's a whole different story. But um, I, I love that. And then my mom was like, 
can't do construction stuff forever. And I was like, why not? You know, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was 16 years old. Yeah. I was like, sure I can. I was like, look how much money I'm making. I'm 16. Like I have more money than anybody in my school. Right. Yeah. She's like, well, look, she's like, things change. She's like, you're really good at math. Why don't you go do something else? And I was like, fine. She's like, you can always do this at the end. Just go to school. And yeah. I'm like, fine, whatever. So, um, anyway, uh, he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me. He helped me, gave me some ideas. None of them really worked out, but I tried them. Okay. And uh, you tried to like start other businesses or what? Yeah. Give me some of the failed ones. Uh, they were such failures. I don't even know if I'd consider it a start. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, that whole construction thing, my mom, my little brother, and I, we bought a bunch of houses. We bought it in 2009. We were buying, we were buying houses for like $5, yeah, it's a good time to buy houses. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. We'd spend 15, 20 grand on them, and then we held on to them, rented them. We didn't really make much money renting. But then at the end of the day, we had like, I don't know, 10, 12 units, 15 doors or something like that. Yeah. We had all this property, and then um, my mom's like, I'm sick of doing this. She's like, people move out. They destroy the place. You know, they weren't like, it wasn't in like. Yeah, Ladue. you're buying a $5,000 house. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, they were still good people and you know we, we cleaned them up and we made them nicer but at the end of the day it was still just a, a tough demographic so uh she's like we need to sell this and so we had you know 15 12 properties 15 doors and then you know at this time this was like 2017 2018 we're like let's just sell them and, and you know if you guys remember that was pre-covid mm -hmm. the economy was on fire so we sold all this stuff and we had all this money and then i was that's what kind of you know i friend my dutch friend pushed me like just do something <laughs> and then uh, i had all this money and you know my mom's like i don't know what to do with it and my little brother's like i don't know what to do with it and i'm like i'll figure out something to do with yeah it. give me this money <laughs> so uh you know and i sold them on on the recess concept um so they were like sure we're in for a couple hundred thousand dollars i was like fine i'm gonna do the rest i invited all my friends from ab because i told my friends from ab like hey i want to do this and they were like great we'll support you so you know, I called 10 of them. They each gave me five, 10 grand or whatever. And, um, yeah. And then, well, this was, so before I called them and, but you know, my mom, my little brother, the first people I called them, like, look, we saw this guy in another city that we, we had seen before. And he, when we left his property, he rolled up in a Ferrari and oh, <laughs> this is what we were talking. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the whole inspiration for recess was a different venue in another city and uh, we didn't copy it anywhere near. We, we copied, we, we, we borrowed one of the games that he had. I am on record on this podcast saying I don't have hardly any original thoughts. Yeah. It's all borrowed. It's all taken from somewhere. Um, you put your own spin on it, yeah. make it your own. But exactly. I mean, there's very few like original ideas. I completely yeah. agree. There's a great book called Steal Like an Artist. And, oh, uh, it's, it's a, that's the whole premise. Angel knows the book. Oh, yeah. It's a great I, book. I love that book. That's it's pretty awesome. It is. It's a great book. And it's it, the whole premise is exactly that. Like, hey, there's so few original ideas, but, you know, it doesn't mean you, you shouldn't do something. Or, yeah, if or, it's working here, maybe it works here. Yeah. If it's working like this, maybe you tweak one thing. or right. Yeah. And and that's what we did. Like, he had a great concept. But there's other ones. Like, Punchbowl Social was another one that was very similar. Um, anyway, I forgot how we got on that. But Well, we're talking about just the formation of recess. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so super unhappy in the corporate world. And uh, I tried a bunch of things. We, we were fortunate we had a little bit of money. And uh, 
I convinced my mom, my little brother, I'm like, look, I need half a million dollars total. I have a little money. Why don't you guys put in a little bit? And they said, fine. you know, after three weeks of prodding, they said, fine. If you come up with a good idea and it's legitimate, we'll, we'll, we'll go in with you. So I had their backing. I started looking for property. Excuse me. Um, couldn't find anything. We were all over. I got rejected three or four times. I couldn't find anything. After about four months, I kind of gave up. Yeah, but I had a broker that was working, and one day he called me, and he's like, hey, I have the perfect place. It's in the Grove. Uh, it's this old, it was a plumber's supply warehouse, 50,000 square feet, tall ceilings like you need it. There's plenty of other bars and activities and restaurants in the area. It, you got to see it. And it's the only place in the Grove with parking. And I'm like, that sounds perfect. I went and saw it that day, started negotiating with the landlord to lease it because I, you know, I think they wanted $3 million for the place. I, I didn't have that money. Yeah. So, uh start negotiating a lease and all of a sudden the other broker who is representing the owner building the, the owner of the building just goes to us nothing and i'm like what the heck so we found out a couple months later that the property had been bought by green street green street real estate investor real estate um ventures and they were going to demolish the building and build apartments there which they've done and it's it's there now but uh anyway i met uh, phil oh there they have done that since they have okay yeah. uh and the apartments are beautiful. They're in the Grove. Um, but they, um, he said, I just bought this building. It's going to take us 18 months to get permits and designs and all that stuff. He's like, you can have the building and test your concept there. I said, perfect. So we negotiated a great deal. I got all the money who had committed to invest. And I raised about a half million bucks, half million dollars. Um, and then it was kind of the whole reason I did it back to my friend uh, who's like just do it I found that building and before I even had the money I was like I'm signing this lease because it commits me yeah to do something I can't back out of it right Uh, so I signed the lease and then I called my mom my little brother I'm like I signed this like you guys really need to deliver on this money (laughs) and and they him and nodded but ultimately they said fine I called my friends I told them what I was doing and that's you know they each gave me five ten grand and when you were like telling them the concept, had they had they heard of anything like that before? No. Okay. Uh, I don't think that really existed in St. Louis at the time. There's and what is the? We've talked. We've like talked around it. What, sure. Tell uh, say what the concept is. You know, it, it's called. I think a lot of people refer to it as like entertainment, but I'm not a huge fan of that because to me that implies like it's all about food with a little bit of entertainment. Ours is more like just a gaming venue. I'd say. You know, if you go there, it's uh, Rec Hall, it's 33,000 square feet. And I would say at least 20, 25,000 square feet is just games. Yeah. Cornhole and Giant Pong. And, you know, we just added this giant battleship game. It's like eight feet tall. And it's like the original battleship you play in your lap. But, you know, it's it's monster size. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of games like that. We're actually in the process of adding a lot more. But um, it's, kind of, it's all kind of like backyard-ish yeah. type games. Yeah. So... Back to your point about, like, there's no original ideas. Like, we saw those concepts other places. Uh-huh. But we're like, man, we really just want a place where, like, families can go, play some games. It's chill, comfortable seating. You just hang out and, and play some games, and that's it. It's like your best friend's backyard. It's like a tailgate. It's yeah. like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Places. All those things yeah. kind of rolled into one. And was was recess the same? I mean, it was bigger, obviously, yeah. than so, recall, but same concept, same same concept. We've added more games at Rec Hall since then because I think what what I've learned in hospitality is you got to keep it fresh. You got to keep mm-hmm. give a reason for people to come. So um, 
Yeah, it was just that. It was big games, tailgate games, and it was inside. And we opened the day after Thanksgiving of 2019. Um, we had a couple. The day after Thanksgiving of 2019. Yep. So Which, everyone listening at home knows what happens next. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we had five months. At that time, I, I still had a full-time job. Two little kids. My wife actually got sick at that time. We had a whole thing, but it was all right in the middle. I was working, I don't know, at, towards the end, probably 110 hours a week. Are you still at your, like, job job? Still a full-time job. I still have bills to pay. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, but I've never been more excited to do things. And, and it was mine. And I had a building. And, yeah. and you know, I had uh, I had committed I, I $300,000 of other people's money that I felt like, yeah, make Very, good on this. Yeah, like I can't be like I'm tired. That's not yeah. an option. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, my mom, my my little brother. Like I, again, I grew up very, you know, blue collar, middle class. Like three hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, and I put another two hundred thousand of my money in, which I worked hard for. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was all in, and uh, you know, if someone gave me a price I didn't like, I just did it myself, kind of thing. Um, so we opened the day after Thanksgiving. I didn't know anything about what I was doing. I, I hired a good group of people, some of which are still with me today. And um, we didn't market. So you didn't market. We didn't. We spent like $2,000 marketing before opening. You just kind of opened your doors and thought people would show up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did they? No. <laughs> the first, uh, so it's funny, like I'd been gone so much. You know, I was literally working like 110 hours a week and, you know, seven days a week see my kids a little bit my wife's super supportive through the whole thing when it opened she's like look you've been gone continuously for two months i haven't seen you she's like i really want to go to this concert i'm like you want to go to a concert the day that we're opening and she's <laughs> like yes what concert was it i don't know some jazz concert <laughs> but that was the worst part because it was a jazz concert you couldn't pull out your phone and i couldn't see what our sales were so i had no idea who came, how many people came, and it was like a two-and-a-half-hour concert. So so you went? I went, yeah. It was the day that you opened? Yes, to Friday. And I got out of the concert, and the first thing I do is look, and our sales were like $400 or something. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, I just blew $500,000. Like, how am I going to explain <laughs> this to my friends and family? So, uh, you know, it's three weeks later. It was incredible. What you changed know. in those three weeks? Uh, so it's funny. I spent a lot more time there after, and I'm like, hey, how'd you guys hear about us? Uh, someone sent us a snap, and, you know, we came over there. And I saw you on Instagram, and I've been meaning to come, in, meaning to come and that that's a great time to open because people are home. It's cold outside yeah. if you wanted something to do. Yeah. So I didn't know, but it worked out perfectly at the yeah. time. Uh, so by three weeks, it was incredible. The Christmas holiday, we were, it was insane. And I remember, uh, like, the second week of February, like, we had a, I got a text from a friend of mine and he was one of our investors. He had given me five grand or something. He worked at AB. He gave me some money and then one of his friends texted him who was in, he was in Wyoming and he sent me the text back to St. Louis. He's like, it looks like it's going well. And it was a picture of this guy at the end of a line and there was 150 people in line to get in the building. We had a 750 person capacity and it was full. So Wow. It was like, I was like, this is clearly did something right. You know, like it came together. So, yeah, people yeah. just loved it. I mean, yeah. 
once people knew about it, you yep. didn't do a great job of marketing it. <laughs> yes, but lesson learned. Once people found out what it was. That, that day we had 2,200 people come, which now that I see the armor, wow. I'm like, oh, it's nothing. But it's still, sure. you know, it was an old warehouse. Like, I spent three days power washing the thing because there's so much dirt in there. Yeah. Uh, and it worked out well. And it was fun. And tried to create a great culture with the employees. And um, just worked. So. And then what happened in March? So March 18th, uh, two things happened that day. Uh, the bus that we bought. Because my thought was like, hey, we have 200 parking spots. It's the bus that's out at Rec Hall now? It's the bus that's out okay. at Rec Hall. It has Does that thing move? 32 miles on it because I drove it from... 32 miles since you've owned it or 32 original miles? No, since I've owned it. Okay. Because I drove it from St. Louis to St. Charles and it hasn't moved since. But it, so March 18th, uh, that bus got delivered. And oh, then no. March 18th uh, was the day that the city shut everything down. So yeah. we scrambled... Uh, You're open four months, a day, I mean, la- a little less, right? It's 16 weeks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's tough. I mean, we, at that point. 16 weeks. Yeah. And that was it. That was it. We had a short-term lease there. It was month to month, really. He could have kicked us out at any time. Um, fortunately, he let us at least open and test yeah. through March. And um, it, it worked out great. We had made most of our money back. And then the government funding helped a little bit too. Okay. And that's when one of our guests emailed me and said, hey, do you want to go other places? And I said, sure. If you find something, let me know. You'd mentioned you were getting like, not opportunities, but suggestions or ideas to franchise. Yeah, we had a, we get an email every week, every other week about people saying, hey, I'm in Chicago. I'd love to open one of those here. Or I remember they were all over. Do you think that's odd? Like, because why... Because to me, like, okay, we'll just open it and call it something different. Like, <laughs> that's right? what I thought, right? I mean, that's what you did. Yeah. I uh, mean. I think, so we worked with Atomic Dust on the branding. And uh, I, I don't know. I just thought that looked cool. It had a cool vibe. It had, yeah. I don't know. You know, and it's funny now that we've been open in St. Charles and we get a lot of debt. You know, we have family days from noon to six every Friday and Saturday. So you br- you know, if you're looking for something to do and it's cold outside or too hot, you want to have a few beers and you want your kids to run around like it's a perfect place to, to hang out. Yeah. So we get a lot of dads who are in there and their kids are playing games and they're like, so they're drinking their beers like this is pretty simple. Like, maybe how much does it cost to open a place like this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who think like, oh, this is really simple. And to be honest, that's what I thought, too. But it's it's, it's simple. It's not easy, though. Yeah. It's simple in that. Yeah, it's just a warehouse with some cornhole boards and you know, whatever else, but it's not, it doesn't mean it's easy to do. It is so much more in depth and complicated. Sure. It's easy to open the place, but to actually run it and be good, whether it's from a service perspective or from a, you know, marketing perspective, or just, you know, think about how hard it is to like find employees and train them and, and, you know, make sure that they understand that like, this is all the money I have. <laughs> and if you aren't nice to people, they're not going to show back up. <laughs> you know, it's like, I can't. So if it's not even mine. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I like, I just want you to like make people happy. And yeah. like, you know, in this industry, hospitality in general, is just, there's a lot of turnover and it's hard to like, Im- you know, just embed that in people. Like you've had, and you mentioned this, you've had several of the same staff from, at least day one at Rec Hall, right? 
Yeah, so our general manager, Devin, he started as a bar back, and Kate, who's our event manager, she's been there. They're both officially hired on uh, November 4th of 19, I think. Yeah. Um, they've both been there, yeah. And so get me from recess and then COVID hits, yep. and you're just done. Like yeah. the city closes and you're done, yep. and you don't know when or if it's going to reopen or how it looks. And so get me to rec hall from there. Sure. So again, I'm still working full time and, uh, you know, that was that. So I still had plenty well, to do. Wor- you're still working at this time. I did. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. You're not now. I'm not now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and so most people probably had no idea what supply chain was prior to this, but um, right. I know I was, yeah. I was a VP of supply chain for a company, you know, that did close. We don't to really it. know what it is. We just know it's broken. Now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that was my job was to make sure that the stuff we ordered from Asia and from our suppliers in the U S and Indonesia, that would all arrive in time and sit in our warehouses just in time for when a customer ordered it, that we'd have enough to send it to them. So I went from opening this bar and being crazy to getting it open in March. And I think I finally caught some caught up on sleep from like January to March. Cause I was like, it's open. I have good people that run it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. COVID hits. And then all of a sudden it was like, instead of focused all my effort and energy on the bar, bar you know, I'm still working and I'm still doing what I can mm-hmm. still, still doing what I need to do uh, all in the bar. And then it goes from nothing in the bar all the way to like, I need to figure out supply chain problems. So that was crazy. We spent, I don't know, six, eight months really focused on that. And then I had somebody reach out to me that was a guest at, at Recess. They said, hey, I'm a, I'm a broker, real estate broker. I'd love to help you grow. I have a great concept. I said, sure. If you find something, call me. He called me the next day, and he said, I have this great place in St. Charles. And he said, this is the rate. And I said, no, thanks. Too expensive. And then he called back the next day with less than half of the rate. And he said, hey, are you interested in this? The next day. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't he a fair. He had a little padded in there probably. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so he, i met the the real estate or the owner of the property he seemed like he was a great guy he's like sure i'd love to do this whatever you need he was so flexible the, the building had been vacant a while he's like you want a one-year lease to test this fine i don't care <laughs> which is crazy in, yeah. a, in a commercial lease in general but a commercial space that big yeah to give you a one-year lease and i think you know, St. Charles is growing down by the river and downtown and stuff like that. I think that was maybe, it still is probably a little bit uh, underappreciated, but, you know, there's Lindenwood kids there. There's plenty of apartments there. There's, it's a great neighborhood and we're really happy to be there. And where we're talking about, can we get the uh, rec hall logo thrown up there? It's a great looking logo. What we're talking about is the old schnooks on, is it Drosty or Duchenne? I guess sure. it's, it's on Duchenne. Yep. Drosty's behind it. Correct. But it's at the intersection there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, that was our go-to schnooks. <laughs> but I don't know if you told me this or someone else, but that was the only like independently owned schnooks. I don't know if you know any of that. I didn't know. Like there's like, I guess the schnooks family and then, well, because it's, it's odd to see like oh. a schnooks go out of business, right? Like you don't so see that. What I heard, it was a grocery store that schnooks had acquired and it was there. It was a little bit smaller than their general preferred format. Okay. So when they opened a new one next exit down i think they open that which is two or three times the size they close that yeah one. that's true they put one at lindenwood there yeah. um and then since that it had been a couple things like maybe some thrift stores um yeah there's one with maybe a somewhat ironic name was here today they were only in business for 18 months i think uh that's right and that was the last tenant so yeah they uh 
they were there, they went out of business. And then, you know, from the time Schnooks left until we rented, it was probably a good six, seven years with only one tenant for 18 months. So landlord was desperate and, you know, it was COVID people were the, the real estate market had crashed. So, um, you know, he offered us a great deal and we, we, we started working on it. And more importantly, St. Charles was open. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people were literally coming here by the bus load yeah, yeah. to, to hang out and to experience life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like the whole city was extremely supportive. Even the mayor, the mayor came out on opening night and he gave us the key to the city, which, you know, I, my mom was there and she's like, oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then back for me, I was like, oh, this is great. What's next kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so it was, um, it was great. We, we, St. Charles has been a great city for us. We were really happy here. Great, great guests, great people, all that stuff's been good. Um, Let's talk about like what's what's in there. We we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but um, it is such a big space. I mean, if you think about a grocery store, and you know, I don't know. A lot of times you're in the grocery store and you just you're not seeing the whole thing because it's it's aisles and there's things. But I mean, when you open it up, it's a huge space. Even for a quote small grocery store, it's huge. So you walk in and there's you've got games to either side. You've got the cornhole and the what do you call it? The air bowling. We do. So the football bowling pin. Football. Yeah. So you've got the bowling pin set up just like bowling, but you're throwing a football. Correct. You've got cornhole. You've got, I call it giant beer pong, but is that? Giant pong, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the instead of, you know, the solo cups, it's big trash cans and trash cans, volleyballs. Balls. Yep. Um, you've got a giant battleship, which is, I mean, how, what are the dimensions? The thing's huge. Like yeah. you can walk on it. Yeah, yeah. The, you, you need to. It's, uh, I think it's eight feet wide. It's uh, seven feet tall and... You know, the trays on the bottom reach seven feet wide as well. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, the pegs are like that big. Right. It's yeah. like a piece of PVC that's been painted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's sort of, so I'd say it's sort of been an evolution we've learned. Uh, you know, we started with just like cornhole and, and um, bocce ball and, and the, you know, the air bowling game. We had some shuffleboard and stuff like that at the first location. It went well because I think people hadn't really seen that for you. You mm-hmm. know, there's not many places you can go throw a football inside and it's acceptable. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we had, we had street hockey there because the, the All-Star game was here in St. Louis in 2019, which, was. yeah, which was kind of, a, you know, we were talking about hockey a little bit before, but Wayne Gretzky was launching his uh, liquor brand and he almost had it at recess. And I remember thinking like, really, this is so, you know, Brett Hall was there. We had, it was between us and I think Westport Social and Westport Social ended up ultimately winning and you know probably rightfully so they have a really nice venue where ours it's is a like different it's a different vibe it is for sure it's like yeah. it's more of like a nightlife yeah rec hall is more of like a ha- backyard hangout exactly yeah it's much more of a saint charles vibe to me yeah it's casual yeah you can show up in yoga pants you can show up in a suit we've had people propose there we've had <laughs> Wedding parties, we've had anniversary, we've had divorce parties, like diaper parties are really popular. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's super casual. We, we, you know, that that was the whole vibe. Like, we, what do you wear when you go over your, your buddy's house? Yeah. Do as you care? comfortable as possible. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the vibe we want. So. You've got an awesome event space, too. And, I mean, it, the, the it's a space. Isn't The space isn't super awesome, but you have a nice event space. Yep. It's private. It's actually behind the main bar, yeah. and you've got the bar kind of on both sides, so you you have like your own bar access back there. Yeah, absolutely, we rented it out for a um, like a leadership conference. Okay, and then Kate put together um, almost like a little tournament for us. Yeah, so we had twenty five or thirty people, and 
she split us up into teams and we did cornhole and air bowling. So Bar Olympics, yeah. Bar Olympics, yeah. And she, but it was great because we just had to show up and we had an agenda for our, our meeting and sure. we did that. But, you know, we're getting drinks. Um, she's like, okay, it's time to do this. We're playing games. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, if you've ever been somewhere for a corporate event, you have dinner and you don't really know everybody and it's kind of like, so, and you're sitting at dinner and you're stuck, you can't move, it yeah. can be awkward. But if you come there, it's like, you know, grab a couple bush lights and throw a football at something. or yeah. throw, You know, and it's very casual. You can open up. If the conversation's awkward, you'll be like, ah, I need to go get a drink. And you can bolt out of there, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and I think the whole point was, this is really important for us, is like we wanted to be, you know, St. Louis, we want it to be affordable. We want it to be enjoyable. We want people to come back because they have a good time. And, you know, they don't feel like I had fun, but it cost a hundred dollars. Like, yeah, it's like I had fun and I, you know, I spent 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. um, It is very affordable. There is a cover, which is probably not the most conventional thing in St. Charles. Yeah. But it works because you get access to all these things. Yeah. All the games are free once you're in there. Yep. Um, It's so big that I haven't been there when it's been like, Crowded, crowded, but I've also never had to wait. Yeah, I think, you know, on one hand, sure, we'd love to see, you know, more people and stuff like that. But at the same time, more people means uh, probably slightly less, slightly worse guest experience. So it's a good balance. And I think what we'll see is we're, we're you know, the, the original games were like plywood and two by fours. And, you know, I, I was going to this bowling alley, just buying like all of his used pins. And he's like, why are you buying all my pins for a buck a piece? And I was like, oh, I'm playing this, you know, I'm building this bar, this game, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. But the whole point is like, we did the whole first place for a couple hundred thousand dollars. Now the second one cost a lot more because it was permanent. But, um, you know, the whole point was like, it's like your, your buddy's backyard. Like you slap together plywood and, and when you're doing a lot of, right. You're building a lot of the games. I, I, I had been, it's just pretty busy right now with the armory and stuff like that but um so we started outsourcing it and what we found is that there's a lot better carpenters with a lot mm-hmm. better ideas uh and this most recent was battleship and you know battleship is if those you, it's an old what milton bradley or something like yeah. that game but it's painted and the, the the ships actually look like ships and they're you know three yeah when i heard that you were getting this and we were invited to come try it out yeah. which was a blast uh i didn't i mean i didn't know what to expect and it's literally just giant battleship. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the game just got blown up to, you know, 20, 30 times the size. Sure. It's just, I don't know. If it's bigger, it's more fun, I think. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, you know, what we're going to try and do next, we're, you know, that one's much higher end, much more better quality. I think we're going to start trying to focus on more games like that. Like, think about skee-ball, but instead of like a eight-foot or whatever this one will be like 25 feet and the the balls will be like basketballs and uh okay so we're you know it's ski ball it's you know some games you already have at the armory we're gonna add uh, i have a list of once i started once i saw battleship i'm like oh my god you could do this with any game like, yeah that's right it kind of opens up your mind to think about yeah. what else could be what about like operation <laughs> giant <laughs> yes. tweezers or something yeah uh <laughs> I don't want to give them all away, but yeah, absolutely. Like that's one. And I just saw, you know, I had a couple little nieces and, and I saw them playing. You remember that game where you like turn the dial and it starts shaking and you got to put all the oh, pieces yeah. in yeah, and before yeah. it runs out of time, it'll uh-huh. all like blast. Yeah. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, what if we did that? And you had to put all the beers there. And if you didn't get them in there in time, oh. all the beers <laughs> blow up on you. And they got to buy a new beer too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, there's, 
if you just put your perspective and change it a little bit and be like, oh my God, like yeah. we could do some really cool things. Yeah, that's the same thing we were talking about with like with Battleship. You're not doing anything new. Yeah. You're just taking that and making it bigger. Exactly. Or making it different or whatever. You know, I think Scrabble would be fun. I think you have uh, you have Scrabble? We we had one it's like on the wall. We got rid of that a long time ago. Okay. It just it was people don't want to get drunk and play. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <Spell words>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it the setup we had wasn't very good and I don't know, it just it didn't work out at the time. I think we, we have a new approach and now that I see Battleship and I can say, Hey, somebody do this, it, it's just yeah. it's a different perspective. You have you have Jenga. Jenga you have uh Connect Four. The, I call it Connect Four. Yep. Is that what you called? Yeah. Giant Connect Four. We have ring on a string where you you know, you gotta hook the ring on a uh, you throw the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh and then you know you play for a shot. Arcade uh, games now? Some video games? Do have arcade games. I think we're gonna try and our game a little bit there uh, yeah those are fun yeah and then nice. brand new is the food it is yes so before you uh and a lot of places are like this you could bring in your own food because you didn't have it yeah and now you have some pizza we do it's you uh, can't bring in your own food anymore correct don't bring in food to rec hall thank you it's a big change uh i think we still for for bigger parties and and you know back to your point about you went there and you had a, an agenda and bar olympics and stuff you know it's really popular at christmas time in fact we're almost sold out in december but if people are interested in, in in something with a corporation, like we're very cost, I I would say we're we're more cost effective than almost any other venue. Yeah, I just saw because that same group is um, I think going to do a happy hour there, and so Kate just sent me the oh great priceless yeah. and it's yeah yeah super affordable yeah, and again that's what we want. Like we're not making a ton of money. We're we're doing it because it's fun and we enjoy it and, and yeah all that stuff. So. Um, Anyway, yeah, we're we're trying to transition to higher end games. We'll still have giant pong. We'll still have cornhole. I think those are you know kind of fundamental to the whole tailgate concept. But you know we're gonna try and do things that other people don't have. So yeah, I love it. And let's talk about we haven't talked about the outside. Yeah, it's gonna lead us into big event this right? next thing. So I talked to someone who worked with you, and I was like, hey, does does Rec Hall have a stage? Uh, I was talking with uh, with this band Danger Party. And they were like, hey, have us on the podcast again. And I was like, well, let's, like, I I love you guys, but sure. you don't, don't play any shows in St. Charles. Like, I need to have a reason to have you on. This is a podcast about St. Charles, for St. Charles. And so kind of my whole thing is, like, if something doesn't exist, we're just going to make it. Do it. Like, yeah. we're just going to have it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where Make a Scene came from out of, out of Local 636 was, like, literally, I mean, it's twofold for me. It's. It's be disruptive for, for local music. There's one venue, Diamond Music Hall, and it's a, it's a good venue, but it has its place um, for the types of bands that play there. Um, everything all right back there? Yeah, okay, all right. Um, so it's like, I never know what these guys are doing. Uh, they have one beer, and they're walking in front of the camera and cut off. We're watching movies back here. <laughs> I saw you guys looking at your phone. Um so it's literally like let's let's make it happen here. So uh, that's when I texted our, our friend and I said, "Hey, is there a stage at Rec Hall? Because it's a huge, huge venue." Yeah. And I knew there was a tie-in with the Armory. You guys have had shows there. Yeah. And stage I th- party actually played. Yeah. I think it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. But I think you had just started on the stage, and you're you've built you're building a stage. It's yep. done. It's mostly done. Yeah. Uh, it'll be done very soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, look the. 
the problem with the old grocery store is it's an old grocery store, yeah. right? And you can only do so much to make it not look like a grocery store anymore. But, you know, that that the back patio, if you want, you know, it's got a big beer trailer with draft beer and we got some nice seating and fire pits and all that stuff. It's kind of nice. But the problem is when you look, you still see kind of a, a crappy backdrop. So I think I, we talked about this. I think that's because you... I don't. I think if you brought someone there that didn't know what it was, sure. I don't think that they would think it was an old grocery store. I could be wrong. It's great. I, I hope so. But the back doesn't. I mean, it looks like it was for sure. It's something else. It yep. was something else. But I don't know that it looks like. It doesn't look out of place. I mean, the back there. And, and when we have, can we? Um, you guys throw that graphic up there. When we have this event on October thirteenth, you're definitely going to know. It, you know, you're definitely not going to think it was an old grocery store. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I, to be honest, the stage was kind of the end cap. It was kind of going to be to make it more of a controlled. It's probably four or five thousand square feet. Uh, you know, just a patio to hang out. But yeah. I think with the stage, whether it's an acoustic performance on like a Sunday or Wednesday or something, or a great band like Danger Party being there, I think it'll really change the space, make it feel good. It'll be exciting. Yeah, I think that. I think maybe once that happens, maybe you'll, maybe you will see it what it is for sure that's my hope uh, i've been there for a long time and i saw yeah. it originally right and yeah it's a big difference when you go there for the first time you're like oh this is kind of cool so yeah it'll, it'll look different um what i love about working with you so far uh is that you're just like yeah cool that sounds cool like, what about this yeah that sounds cool let's do it let's try it that's I, how i, I got it, into man. this i love it <laughs> so. and you know for someone like me you know there, like i said there aren't venues in st charles sure. i want to make cool stuff like this happen yeah and so it's a, I mean it is kind of an easy sell it's like we have the space right you do the bands at the other place like let's see how it works I agree yeah. um let's do a little um pop punk uh trivia here oh boy what's your what's your favorite pop punk band uh I wish you can't prepared say me for this no one. that's the point <laughs> so uh I don't know if I'm I giving you a hard time. I can, I mean, no, I, it's okay. I don't think that you're a, a huge fan of, uh, of that music, but well, we're very similar in age. I think I'm probably a year older yeah. than you. So yeah. yeah, it's not, you can say anything, but blink 182. <laughs> that was not the because they're not great, but, but yeah, because that is just the obvious choice. Uh, you know, I don't know if the, I wouldn't consider them pop punk, but I remember like our lady Peace, like sponge. Okay. Like, that was sort of my, yeah, you know Sponge. I don't know if people in St. Louis know Sponge. Oh yeah, Molly. I, yeah. Um, what Ronnie was it? Cloud. Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I saw them in Boston actually. Did you really? On that, um, ev- uh, who did it? Sugar Ray and Everclear did this like crappy yeah. like. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, it was like a '90s. Yeah. Yeah, I would call that. Now, see, you're gonna get. I would call that like post grunge. Yeah, because that's it's like fair. yeah, it's like mid '90s. Yeah. Our Lady Peace is great. Yeah, it's um, just. It's like high school for me. So, yeah. Uh, Oasis, you know, they're not really. No. I don't know. It's just that was maybe more my musical, like. Yeah. Yeah. And not maybe pop. So, we're like, we're talking like Blink 182, Newfound sure. Glory, Sum 41. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, uh, I haven't heard all that stuff. Yeah. There Sum you go. 41 for sure. You're going to hear all of it. Uh, is it Yellow Card? Oh, yeah. This one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I haven't heard these in a long time. Yeah. You know, it's funny to go back and like old playlists or like, you know, we move so many times. And then, you know, my wife had this like, you remember the old like thing for like all your CDs? It was oh, yeah. Like fourth, you know, uh-huh. it's like, I'm like, why did you get rid of that? She's <laughs> like, I can't. It's like my identity. You know, I still have mine. Yeah. I have been actually, you know what? I probably should talk. We'll talk off camera. 
It doesn't have to be tonight, but I bet that you could probably come up with something cool to do because I still have a hundred something of them. Um, I saved, I threw away the actual cases, yeah, but I kept the booklets as well. Oh, wow. And so I have this space at my house um, that is kind of music themed. It's kind of a bar. Um, and yeah, I want something to do with those CDs because it is art. Like, remember when you bought a CD and yeah. you flipped through the thing you and, read it. and yeah. the CD looked cool too? And you're like, I wonder what this looks like. And now you just go, uh, yeah. you go download or add to library and yeah. like, there's your music. And it's fine. It's certainly better, but you're... It's more convenient. It's, yeah, it's better in the fa- in the sense that it's easier. Yeah. It's easier to access. It's easier to carry. But yeah, it's not better because I learned so much about the band. Of course. I would read the liner notes and see who they thanked. Yeah. And I would go, I would check out those bands. Sure. You know, that's how I would learn about new music in the in the late 90s. Um, and so I'm the same way. I have all those CDs. I probably have two of those books. Um, and yeah, I would like some kind of creative. It doesn't really have to function as anything. It can just be like a piece of art or or something. It's a cool idea. Um, to do with those. And then the same with the booklets, whether that's, you know, um, making a wallpaper out of them or, or something. That's a good idea. Wallpaper like that. Yeah, See, I need an engineer. I need someone. <laughs> I need someone with some supply chain uh, experience to. You can think to about put this. that together. <laughs> we yeah. don't have to solve the problem right now. No. But oh, I'm already thinking. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, October 13th. It's the yes. perfect date. It's it's a Friday the 13th in October. Yep. Um, we're gonna have a pop punk cover band, Danger Party. We're gonna have a Blink 182 cover band called Feeling This. Okay. We're gonna have. Um, some vendors. I just talked with the the person that started this company called Elder Emo today. Oh yeah. So, are you guys familiar with this term, Elder Emo? Okay. So when you told me that the other day. I thought it was did hilarious. I? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny sounding to someone who's like not in that world. Right. Um, and I told my wife even today, and she likes the same stuff, and she's like, "That's a funny name," but you <laughs> know, it's it's just the emo <laughs> kids that are in their forties now. Elder. But um, but she started this brand. And I had heard the term. I didn't realize the brand was from St. Louis. And I had a conversation with her today. And she's traveled to a lot of these festivals. Yeah, um, like the Hawthorne Heights show that came to Armory. Yep. That's a traveling festival. Yeah. And she told me how much she sold. And I, Local 636 has not sold that much in its existence. Wow, really? And she's gone to this one show and made a profit, this huge amount. And I'm like, this is crazy. Her stuff looks awesome. Yeah. So they're going to be there. Um, we're going to have some, I think, some pretty unique artists there. Uh, it's going to be almost like a, uh, almost like a punk rock kind of market. It's awesome. It'll be interesting, and it'll give um, the people that are already at Rec Hall uh, a chance to come out and see it as well. So I'm sure we'll have some dedicated people that are coming just for this. Sure. But the other, however many people at Rec Hall are are free to go. Just coming for Friday, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, because you know it'll be in the back and that concert space if you want to call it that is almost completely independent from the regular yeah. venue so it'll be you know you come play cornhole or giant pong or you know drink some beer towers or whatever drink beer out of the beer towers um or you can go to the concert in the back should be fun either way or both yeah or both yeah you need to probably get some some wayfinding it's inside the venue right great point it's uh because it is big and if someone if someone comes there and they're you know 
sometimes the the concert people <laughs> might dress a little different. They're gonna walk in and probably immediately feel out of place Panic. and go. Uh, Understandably, football here. Right. I'm in the wrong spot. <laughs> you know, it's. It, I completely agree on that. And 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 when we opened with the pandemic, like a bunch of stuff happened. The construction project took three months longer than we could. I mean, we were like, I was probably ten thousand dollars away from just being totally out of money. And it was like, we should do this and we should do this. We're still doing that stuff. Like, and wayfinding is a big part of it because, like, you're right. The pad. Where? How do you get to the patio? Where's yeah. the kitchen? Where's the bathroom? Where's the bar? Where's the, you know? Yeah. So that is on our list. But it's all, it's also a big open space, so it's hard to, you can't just put a sign up. No. I mean, there's not a place to do that. Yeah. You just have to hang something or. Yeah, neon signs, maybe some. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That. Yeah. Uh, I did have a question, totally off topic. We can leave this up because I, I do want to come back to it. But um, I rec there's there's a lot of, like, quotes and sayings on the wall. Yes. And I recognize a couple of them, like, one's from Caddyshack. Yeah. But. Are there some that are like original to to like you or to someone on your team? Most of them uh, are original. Okay. My favorite one is everyone's in cornhole shape. I like that one. It's a good one. I Who's think. that attributed to? Uh, so I have a new partner in the armory and he's got a whole long history in hospitality, you know, okay. 30 plus years. And uh, he's really good at taking a, a space from here to the next level. Okay. And it's just little things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I just, for me, I find it very, when he said it, everybody's in cornhole shape, I'm like, it's, it's, was that just, did he just riff that like off the cuff? Yeah. 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 And I don't know if he heard it somewhere before, but it's, yeah. we went through a list of, we probably had 60 ideas and, uh, you know, it's everything from like clear, clear liquors are for rich women on diets, uh, uh, anchor pain quote, you know, and stuff like that. That's actually in Caddyshack. Uh, but it's other ones like everyone's in cornhole shape or, don't have to have fun to have alcohol. Yeah, I think that one's. You don't like that one? No, I do. I just think that's better on. That one's probably a okay. little less. Ori- I've never seen it. Oh, you haven't? Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's good. Have you guys heard that? Don't have to have. You don't need fun to have alcohol. Don't need fun to have alcohol. You switch the. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another one. I don't know if it's there, if it's at the armory, but it's. Uh, you don't need alcohol to have fun. But you don't need running shoes to run either. It just makes it a lot more, a lot easier. Something okay. like that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah. I, it's just, um, you know, we went again. We opened. We didn't have any money. We were just, you know, I owed a lot of people a lot of money, and we we had paid. I paid eight employees the entire time we were shut down from March through the following February. So we we were just burning through money, and we needed to open, and we didn't really get to a lot of the things we wanted to do. Yeah. And then as soon as we opened, we were focused all of our energy on the armory and, you know, all that stuff that we wanted to do, we just didn't do because we were busy. And then finally the armory got open and, and we had new partners and he's like, hey, this is great, but let's do these things. So we spent a little bit more money, you know, food and those quotes and we're adding new games and, you know, we're just kind of reinvesting back in the business. You know, you talk about profit for local 636 and other emo, like, I haven't made any money off of Rec All yet. Like that's it's been four years and uh, yeah. stuff. So, um, like no salary, no no car allowance, no gas, no nothing. It's just been please go to Rec Hall. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's been a labor of love. Like that's the best way to describe it. So, and I've had a ton of fun. I've learned a lot. I've met a lot of great people. And uh, you know, when you're like, hey, let's do a concert. I'm like, great, let's do a concert. Uh, it's just fun. And I've met a lot of great people and ultimately it led to the armory and stuff like that. So it's, it's been good. Um, rec hall is, it's a super fun place, man. I Thank think you. most people can walk in there 
and find something they like and feel comfortable and feel at home, um, it is, it's, it's just a fun place. Yep. Plenty of TVs. You go up there and watch football. Sure. Um, go check it out. Um, a perfect opportunity to check it out. It's going to be October 13th at uh, Make a Scene. We've got tons of support on this, too, from the Alt-STL um, Facebook group, um, from that community, again, from the vendors, from uh, from the bands. Danger Party is a, a pretty sought-after band. They've got the emo night thing established, uh, which is now at the Hawthorne, and so they, they draw. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's not just emo, guys. They're going to play... All your all your favorite songs from the early two thousands. They I heard them um, after Taking Back Sunday. You guys went to that? Did you guys go see them afterwards? They uh, they played Taylor Swift. Oh really? They played like Papa Roach. So it's not just emo stuff. It's not just punk stuff. You'll hear a bunch of songs you know, and awesome. um, it'll be fun. I try to avoid going there on the weekends just because it's like sure. great to hang out when you work. But yeah. I, I'm going to be there. I think I'm going to get my wife to go. She's going to be super excited for the whole... Is that concert she wants to go to. Yes, yes. She's been <laughs> dying to go there. Uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited. This will be the first concert. We'll see how it goes. Why don't you plug us, uh, plug the socials one more time and... Sure. Uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and I believe TikTok's the same. It's uh, Rec Hall uh, STL. So R-E-C-H-A-L-L-S-T-L. And uh, we're at Everything Local 636. Again, hit that subscribe button, uh, like, follow everything, and we will see you next time. Thank you.
thinking about this all time. 